Welcome to the Start Over Coder podcast. I am the Start Over Coder, and I'm taking you along on my quest, transitioning from a corporate nine-to-five to being a professional developer in pursuit of financial independence. In today's podcast, I will share some thoughts on a book that I finished this week called Think Like a Programmer, written by V. Anton Sprawl. So this is the first programming book I think I've actually read since I started really getting into learning to code. I'm definitely all about the online tutorials, uh, the YouTube videos, blog posts, all of that. But sitting down and actually reading a programming book is absolutely something I have not done before. So this was kind of my first foray into that. And it was a bit opportunistic. So in episode 18, I kind of shared a discovery that I had in the past month or so with all of the things that my local library has for free. And one of those things was access to an ebook. Uh, library. So you can rent ebooks. They come straight through to your Kindle and you don't have to pay for them. So I was looking through the ebook store and they had a lot of really great books that I was actually interested in reading and had kind of had had in mind before I even knew that I could get them from the library. But a lot of them were, I guess they only have so many digital copies and it's just like the physical library where if it's not in stock, if it's not available, you have to put it on hold. And then when it's available, it audit, well, I guess the difference is with the eBooks, when it becomes available, it automatically goes to you. So I was looking through the eBook library and put this book on hold, think like a programmer, because I thought, Hey, I want to think like a programmer. That sounds like a good book to read. And it actually had really good reviews. So I put it on hold, not really knowing when it would come. And so it came this week and you only get the book for, I think it's 14 days, maybe it's 21, but it's not very long. So I took the time that I had and jumped into it. Now I should start off by saying that I didn't actually read the whole book. So, and I think there's a very good reason for that. So I'll kind of talk about that in a little bit, but I didn't read the whole thing. And I didn't actually do the exercises that are in the book either. So I'm just going to read a short little passage from the author. He says, whether you choose to try any of the exercises is, of course, up to you. It is essential that you put these concepts into practice. Simply reading through the book will accomplish nothing. So by the author's own words, it, you know, theoretically, I could have taken nothing out of this book and maybe shouldn't be in the position to even share it with you and have this um, topic on the podcast today. But I actually did have some takeaways, even though I didn't do the exercises and didn't read through some of the chapters. Uh, so I'm going to share those. So with just a quick description of the book, the book is really about how to go about thinking about writing good programs, how to think about solving problems. And so he goes through several programming tools and topics uh, to get to this goal. So the chapters are, the you know, the real thick of the book, the chapter subjects are working with arrays, with pointers, with dynamic memory, with classes, and recursion. So for each of these tools, he gives quite a few examples about how to go and think about using these tools, using an array, using a class to solve a problem that has really no answer in sight. Like what are the fundamentals that you can call on when you have a problem and need to think about a way to solve it? So there are examples of how he has implemented these tools in solving some problems. And then there are kind of code alongs that you can do and kind of walk through with him what his thought process is on attacking a particular example that he gives. And then at the end of the chapter, there are several exercises for you to do on your own. 
So there are no answers to the exercises. There really aren't any resources to go to. It's literally applying what you learn in the chapter about how to think about this problem and how to draw upon other things that you know before and also apply them to this problem. So it grows throughout the course of the book using one tool and then adding another tool and then adding another. So he definitely covers all of the bases, all of the basics, and um, gets you to think like a programmer, tries to help all of that. Now, why didn't I go into this? So there are two reasons. One of them really is just time. Like I said, it was kind of opportunistic as to where when the book came to me, and it is for a limited time with the library. So if I was going to read it, I had to just do it now. Um, and then, as you may have picked up from other episodes, I'm in the middle of two really big projects right now. So I'm doing an online boot camp, which is the full stack, and we're working on a really big project. We're building a clone of the review site Yelp. So um, lots of topics and things that I don't know about before, and it takes a lot of time to go through. And then on top of that, I'm also doing a group workshop with some other people where we're building an app that we came up with the idea for just a few short weeks ago. And in less than a week now, we have to present, well, we have to finish it, make it functional and working, and then we have to present it to the rest of the workshop. So it is proving to be a really big challenge in a good way, and definitely a topic that I look forward to sharing on this podcast once we have completed it, but it's taking up all of my time. So that's those two projects are really a big reason as to why I didn't have the time to really focus on this book. But there is another really big reason, which honestly has more weight than the projects that I'm working on. And that is that the exercises, the examples, all of the book is in C++, the programming language. And I have absolutely no exposure to C++. I've literally never looked at it before opening this book. And so that makes it really difficult to follow along on the exercises because he writes code snippets. He says, you know, so this is the problem. This is how I go about thinking about it. And this is how you write the code. And I can't read that code really. So, you know, you can get the idea, but not fully understand what he's doing and trying to show you. So, that was the biggest reason. And he does say, I mean, to be absolutely fair, in the beginning of the book, in the introduction, he does say one of the prerequisites for reading this book is that you have to have an understanding of C++ syntax. And I didn't actually know that when I put the book on rent uh, with the library. So had I known, I probably would have not done that, to be honest, but I did. And so I gave it a shot. So I read what I could, which were really the introductory chapter where he's kind of introducing overarching concepts about how to think about programming. And then also the last chapter wrapping it up or some of it, because there was a really big coding problem in that too. But yeah, the first and last chapter got the main takeaways. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. So the first one I'll share is that it really is important to take the time to create a strategy rather than attacking a problem by trial and error. And to be honest, this is something that I probably do more than I should when I'm given a challenge or an exercise to complete or even a small project to work on. I really don't take the time to make a plan for how I'm going to go about solving that problem. So yes, you might write like, okay, these are the general steps that I need to take. Um, and I think it's really just taking the time to do a bit more of that and making sure that there is a plan in place. And then you can go about solving the smaller problems within the bigger problem. And that will be a much more efficient way of going through solving the problem or writing the program that you need to write. Um, trial and error, by contrast, 
which I do do quite a bit, unfortunately, is just not very efficient. And if you don't really have a plan, you might spend a lot of time kind of redoing or retrying things that you've already tried just because there's no linear way of how you are going about trialing different solutions. So you might do one, go do another, go do another, and then none of the second two works. You go back to the first one without remembering or realizing that you tried it already and it didn't work. So the time spent to put a plan in place is actually time very well spent. And that was one of the key takeaways from the book. Another key takeaway was to divide problems into smaller pieces. So when you're faced with a really big problem, breaking it down into smaller pieces, especially if you don't know how to go about solving the problem, breaking it down lets you see the parts that you do know how to solve or do know how to write code for. And then you can go in and attack those and then potentially, hopefully, by doing that, you might spark some ideas about how to go about solving the parts that you don't necessarily already know how to do. Another piece of advice with this is to start with the part that has the most constraints. So he gave a very good real-world example where let's say that you are going out to lunch with five co-workers and they've left it up to you to decide where everyone's going to go with no direction. But some of the people do have some constraints. So for example, one person is gluten-free, another person is vegetarian, another person had pizza last night and doesn't want to have pizza, you know, whatever the constraints are. The idea is to go for the one that has the most constraints. So I'm guessing in this example, it would be somebody who's gluten-free and then start there when thinking about the options of where to go. So it helps you narrow down what decisions you're going to make by going for the part that has the less possible decisions that you can make. So that was one way to go about breaking something down into smaller pieces. And then when it comes to programming, he gave some additional good advice. And this is something that I hadn't really done, to be honest, but I think is worth the time of writing a separate program to accomplish one of the small pieces of what you're trying to do. So let's say you're working on this huge algorithm and for one part of it, you need to print a certain number of X's in a row. This is completely arbitrary, obviously. But if that's just one piece of it and then you go and write the program individually on its own to write all, print all of those X's in a row, then because you've worked on it, you have a really good understanding of how it works. And then you can also really all you have left to do is figure out how to fit that into the bigger program. So taking the pieces and pulling them completely outside of the problem and solving them on their own is a good way to further attack it's kind of separating bigger problems into smaller ones. This is something that I can definitely see the value of. Right now I'm working on integrating a user login feature for the group project that I'm working on and trying to do it within the constraints of the bigger app that we've built with kind of lots of other functionalities and dependencies is proving to be very difficult, unfortunately. So one thing I can do potentially is just write a simple, simple login feature on a site that is not at all related to ours and maybe doesn't have a lot of the kind of pre-built constraints in it just to get comfortable with how that login feature works. And then once I have that comfort level, should be able to apply that into bringing it into our project. And hopefully it'll be a little bit easier than it has been up until now because it's been really hard. <laughs> 
Another key takeaway that I have from the book is to start with what you know and look for analogies in uh, solving problems. So have I seen this before in another context or even in another language? Have I solved this problem before? And is there something that I learned before that I can apply to how I'm going to solve it this time? He gave a really good illustration of this concept talking about aliens and spaceships. I'm not going to give it away because you really do have to read it to get the takeaway, but the idea is really just, if you can, avoid starting from scratch every time. Use what you already know and apply that to new things that you are still learning. Another takeaway that I had from this book, and again, something that I definitely see the value in and would like to implement more in my own learning how to code, is that you really don't learn how to code by using other people's code. Now, this is so key when it comes to what I've been doing so far, which is web development, because pretty much everything on the internet that you come across most frequently has been done before by other people. And it's so easy just to kind of find snippets of code here and there, whether it's on CodePen or looking through GitHub repositories, you can find ways that other people have done things, even just using templates that you can get. You can very easily build a very robust and cool looking dynamic website, just really kind of copying uh, things that other people have done. And you be by doing that, you don't necessarily learn how they wrote the code that accomplishes what you want to accomplish. And so you don't really fully understand how to write the code and you probably couldn't do it from scratch if you were told to. And I say you, but I mean me, because this is something that I have done in the past quite a bit. Really before I started focusing on learning to code, I really like building things for the internet, but you know, I wasn't just doing it to build it. I wasn't doing it with the idea of learning. So using other people's code and other people's ideas, not stealing them, but really kind of taking inspiration or buying templates was the way that I went about doing it. And so, yes, I did learn a lot in then customizing those templates or making things work specifically for what I wanted the purpose to be, but I couldn't have written the websites from scratch and I'd really like to be able to. So by using other people's code, you really do miss out on that learning experience. But more importantly, later, if you're working on another project that is possibly related to that one, you don't have the experience to draw on from writing that first project. It may prove useful in the future, but you don't have the experience. So it really does benefit you to learn how to write your own code yourself. And this really does you know, once you start getting into the back end with Node, which is what I've been doing recently, and using all of the NPM packages, that's all just using other people's code to accomplish things. And yes, I understand why I need their package and what I want to accomplish on my website, but how to actually write it, I honestly couldn't tell you. And in some cases, that's going to be okay. But in a lot of cases, and I really think to understand the foundations of what you're doing, it's so important to write your own code and really learn what you're doing before you then rely on other people's code to do it for you. And then the final takeaway that I will share that I took from the book is don't 
get frustrated. And this is something that whether you're literally just starting or whether you've been programming for decades, I think is really important to keep in mind and so easy to uh, not happen. (laughs) Because most of coding, you're just kind of not getting things all the time. And then when you do, it's great for five minutes or probably less, and then you move on to the next problem. So you're constantly not accomplishing what it is that you want to accomplish. And not getting frustrated in the process of that really does serve you. So he gave some suggestions. One was to have separate projects to work on that you can completely step away from the troublesome project when you're starting to get frustrated. Or it could even be a separate piece of code within the same project so that you're just working on something completely different. And this is actually something that my piano teacher always told me when it came to learning piano as well. She would always say, yes, you may really want to focus on this piece because you're performing it soon or what have you, but it gets to a point where you can only do so much. And if you keep just banging your head against the wall of this one piece, then you're not going to make as much progress. So having something else to work on that's a different piece will help you take your mind off of the hard parts. And then when you come back to it, you're fresh again. And so even if it's not going to another coding project, he suggested just going and taking a walk is a good way to get away from it or go do some exercise. And the thing that this brought to mind for me when it comes to frustration is that no matter what, the computer is always doing exactly what you've told it to do because it's not trying, you know, it's not a personal thing. It's just working with the instructions that it's been given and responding accordingly. So it's down to you to fix it. Frustration really is directed at, you know, myself, yourself really, for not being able to figure out how to write the instructions in a way that will accomplish what you want to accomplish. And so just going and getting a clear head, stepping away from the frustration can really help uh, bring you forward when you finally do go back to it. So to wrap up on the book, I thought, Yeah, absolutely. It's a great book to learn the fundamentals of programming. It actually reminds me quite a bit of the CS50 class that I started and have put on pause for now, but that's an intro to computer science class that I'm doing online. And it's exactly that, going through the fundamentals, not just coding to get something working, but how to go about thinking about solving problems so that you can be more efficient in the long run and solve bigger problems. Uh, So it's a great book, I would really recommend it to people who are familiar with C++ or have some exposure to that language. It definitely is not going to benefit someone who has never seen C++ before, um, aside from these takeaways that I've shared today, because really I think the biggest value of this book comes from going through the examples that he gives and then going and doing the exercises on your own. That's where you're actually coding. That's where you'll learn the most. And so having that C++ knowledge, or at least a little bit more ability to kind of understand what he's writing in C++, even if you want to do the exercises yourself in a different language. Another recommendation I would have is to get a hard copy of this book. It's not really comfortable to look at code on a Kindle, which is what I was reading it on. If you're going to get the Kindle version, it may be one that you want to read on a laptop screen because then you're looking at code in the same medium that you normally look at code. So I would say definitely hard copy or Kindle on screen, but reading it on an ebook wasn't very comfortable for me and maybe you might find the same. 
And then finally, I will just share some YouTube videos. The author actually has done a couple of videos explaining some of the key concepts from the book about how to think about programming. And so I'll include a link to those in the show notes. You can check out his YouTube channel. He hasn't posted anything in quite a while, I think, since he probably published his last book and is trying to get a bit of extra eyeballs on it. But um, they're there and you can watch them. And I thought they were fairly interesting. So that wraps it up for this episode. If you'd like to leave a comment, uh, if you've read the book and have some thoughts to share or have a comment about this episode, you can find a link directly to this page in the show notes wherever you're listening to this episode or you can always tweet me at startovercoder. And if you like what you hear and want to stay with me on this journey of learning to code, leaving the nine to five and pursuing financial independence, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can do so through your favorite podcast app or by visiting startovercoder.com slash subscribe. That's all for this time. Signing off.